see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, I'm Sean Riley, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. On our last podcast, we spoke to four of our top PMMI Media Group editors about the trends and innovations they uncovered at Pack Expo Las Vegas and Healthcare Packaging Expo. Today, we welcome four more colleagues to highlight what they felt were the most impactful takeaways from the show. I talk with Lilian Robayo from Mundo PMMI, Natalie Craig from OEM Magazine, Melissa Griffin from Pro Food World, and Dave Greenfield from Automation World. We hit on everything they uncovered from new recyclable materials, robots, and tools companies are developing to make operating machinery easier for new employees. As more and more older employees continue to transition into retirement. Let's have a listen. Lillian, we're going to kick things off. What have you seen out there on the show floor that you think the people at home should be aware of and know about? Thanks, Sean. Yes, and one highlight for me was the development uh, promoted by a company, Serac, called Capbox. Serac is uh, promoting an on-site unique intelligent unit for the manufacturing of cups in PET. Uh, the company points out that this is the first solution of its class in the market and a technology that is responding to the trends of sustainability and circular economy. What is it about? It is an all-in-one solution in a stretch-blowing filling and heat sealing cups in PT in-house, which is interesting because it is responding to an anticipated growth and development of the use of PT cups for uh, yogurts and uh, fresh desserts market, uh, and due precisely to the implementation of circular economy around PT. Very cool. Since uh, blown PT cups are 100% recyclable and can also be made of recycled PT, which is approved for food contact. The company mentions that in the same way that we could have PT closed loops bottle to bottle, with this system we could have cup to cup recycled closed loop. And um, having for these applications in packaging the benefits of PT, such as transparency, lightness, resistance, and especially recyclability. Uh, this blown molding technology with filling and sealing, mentioned the Latin American manager Rodrigo Melo, is a high-precision blowing unit with a linear volumetric filler for medium to high outputs. Among the features, this cup box can fill simultaneously up to five alternate layers of fruit and yogurt, mold up to 10 cavities, achieving speeds up to 15,000 PT cups per hour. And also interesting, uh, it has energy efficiency, a good um, characteristic here, because it guarantees a homogeneous uh, heat penetration thanks to the rotation and ventilation of the preform in the system. 
I thought it was a very cool yeah, that uh, is. sustainability solution. Sustainability is obviously huge. It's something that we're always hoping is going to keep advancing as we can get it more involved in the supply chain. So the closed loop is obviously something we really want to see. Absolutely, Sean. Regarding materials, I also saw a very nice sustainable uh, solution by the Latin American company of bio-oriented flexible polyester films, Terfan, which here at Paquetspo is promoting uh, the Ecofan line. It's a line that incorporates the concept of circular economy and in line with the grow- growing demand we know of sustainable packaging. These materials for flexible packaging solutions include a recycled PT uh, film produced with at least 30% of PCR or post-consumer recycled PET resin. company says that these materials offer the same thermal, chemical, and mechanical characteristics of the BOPET films and are approved by FDA, uh, European Union, EFSA, and the Brazilian Sanitary Vigilance Agency of INSA for food contact. Fair. I thought that was a very cool yeah, solution. Yeah, very nice. And, and, and as you said, it's going to be something that can be used pretty much around the world. Absolutely, yes. This is by the Latin American company Terfana, but it's being applied in Europe, uh, in Latin America, and the United States. Very nice. And while we're on the topic of sustainability, I actually have a really innovative handle that I picked up from PacTech. Um, I just stopped by their booth and learned that they won a global sustainability award for this. Very now, nice. if you go to their booth, you'll see that their handles are usually in a plethora of colors, you know, very bright, vivid, eye-catching. This one is actually gray because it's made completely of their recycled handles. It's turned into a resin, and then they use these, and it just won a sustainability award. So... That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So that's really cool. the other ones that are the color are the ones they make, and that one is made as a recycled version of them? Yes. So when, they're, when their handles are recycled, they turn it into this resin, and because all the colors are mixed together, it creates this kind of gunmetal gray. It may <laughs> not be colorful, no, but it is award-winning, Thank <laughs> you. And the, and the reason <laughs> makes great sense, and I appreciate the idea behind it. Yeah. But when you mentioned the colors, and I was thinking, why did we go with gray? But no, that that's awesome, and that... Yeah, that, that again is the circle economy where you, you can just keep, you know, reusing the same thing versus, you know, creating more carbon gases and stuff like that. Um, another issue that, that obviously is has got to go permeate throughout the show is, and it's going across all markets and all industries, but particularly in ours, is a labor shortage. It's getting near crisis levels. Um, I was at Top to Top um, PMMI's event before the show. And that was literally how people were talking about it, that we keep talking about it and talking about it, but it's getting to a crisis level where we just don't have enough skilled labor to work in these manufacturing plants and these food plants and these packaging and processing. So, Melissa, I'm pretty sure that there's some things that you've seen out there that might tie in and and help out with this labor shortage. Yeah, so a lot of companies are trying to make things easier for the operator. Mm -hmm especially because we're trying to find that talented workforce that has the knowledge already. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who don't, this makes it even easier for them to integrate into the company. And so, for example, I saw at Emerson's booth, they have an augmented reality option that allows the operators to control the equipment through an iPad or automated reality device to get metrics on that equipment. And that helps them reduce the uh, downtime and make troubleshooting easier because they can just take that iPad up next to the machine and it'll show them what is having issues and what they can do to fix it. Another one was at Barry Waymiller Integrated Systems. They have a maximum case palletizer that's, uh, for one, it's all electric, which is something that they've 
very proud of. And it's an interactive operator interface as well that has three different images that'll pop up on the screen when something needs troubleshooting. One of them is a general image of the area to look at, then a middle ground image, and then a close-up on what specifically needs to be fixed. So that allows the operator to go around to the specific spot and already be prepared to fix that part of the, the machine. Now what's really cool from both things that you spoke of, but what, what we're seeing happen is obviously the industry is getting older and older and all this industry knowledge is leaving the industry. So in order to get people interested in packaging and processing and to get them into manufacturing where they can have these, you know, obviously pretty good careers because these older people are moving out of them that they've done for 20, 30 years. But you're referencing things like a like an iPhone that people, you know, younger generation is using every day. We're all using it. So getting them into the plant and getting them comfortable working there on these simpler tools then they can work their way up in the company and it becomes, again, a great career that they can work at. And it's things like that that's really gonna help labor get upskilled quicker in order to you know, advance through the, the corporation. So that's really cool. That's really neat that you brought that there, Melissa. And speaking of, I've seen a lot of robotic palletizers that are speaking to the same things that you noticed, Melissa, the labor shortage, the skills gap. We need things that are intuitive, user-friendly. I saw a palletizer at Kawasaki in partnership with Nova Automation. This palletizer can be, it's robotic, and it can be wheeled into any facility. And um, it's pretty much modular, so you can could package it one way, can palletize it another way. And it was really cool, the HMI, I actually watched them, you know, switch the patterns and get it up and running, which is a few buttons, no programming needed. And I know that that's a really huge talking point for a lot of palletizers. I also saw um, a palletizer at Mitsubishi Electric Automation. And what they're doing is they are with this robot, they were looking at apples and the robot through a vision system and a really sophisticated end of arm tooling was detecting anomalies in the apples and then also picking them up and placing them in a orientation that was really cohesive across the package. And so these robots, they're really intelligent and they're also being used to help mitigate this labor shortage, which I think is really fascinating. And I'm seeing so many of them on the show floor today. And, and that's another thing like sustainability that we've been talking about robotics and packaging for, for years and it has made small inroads but over the past 18 months it's had to kind of ramp up a bit because we need it to fill gaps so you have a robot like that it's so easy to set up so again you don't need that high of a skill level to immediately come in and be able to work it but it's still sophisticated enough to do such such elevated platforms that that's really cool to hear yeah. and that's got to be something that dave can speak to because you're an automation guy and if there's one guy here that <laughs> knows automation it's dave greenfield <laughs> yeah. so what have you seen out there speaking of the palletizers and depalletizing systems i saw one yesterday from honeywell robotics that combines artificial intelligence and vision system in the robotics unit. It's got the AI, the Honeywell machine vision, as well as the robotic system. And the key in there uh, uh, to address the labor shortage, stacks of pallets that need to be depalletized don't always come in in a perfect condition. They can be also, especially with lack of uh, resource, human resource to actually palletize these correctly. With the machine vision in this system, it can see the boxes in any coordination that they're at and precisely pick them and offload them onto a conveyor for moving into production, sorting, whatever uh, the application might be. So that was a very interesting application of three very advanced types of automation, robotics, artificial intelligence, and vision systems. But we referenced the use of smartphones, iPads, mm -hmm. uh, and augmented reality to help bring in the new 
uh, generation of workers to keep this interesting and uh, engaging as well for that audience. I think another good example of that that's going leaps and bounds beyond traditional automation that we're all used to is uh, Beckhoff's Explanar system. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but these are the tiles, they're material handling or moving tiles that actually levitate above the surface about an inch or two above it. It was actually introduced in North America at Pack Expo Connects last year. And this year they've got some updates that they're uh, featuring in their booth on this. And these tiles can be used for you know adaptive packaging, materials handling, and even the lot size one production, which is a huge trend across packaging to be able to produce these customized packages for uh, consumers uh, to their wishes. And what they're updating, what the updates to these levitating tiles are this year is they basically, you can coat them in stainless steel, glass, or plastic so that you have a sanitary wash down material handling system and the movers can now rotate a full 360 degrees. And, and the movers can be coordinated to work together to carry even larger assemblies, packages, materials. Each tile can carry up to almost 10 pounds. So when you combine them together, mm-hmm. it can handle some significant uh, load sizes. And because these don't move on a track or a conveyor, they can move anywhere over the surface, depending on the size of the surface that it's built for. They have anti-collision software in their TwinCat software, which is used to program it so that the tiles don't collide with each other. They work together. It all comes with the software, the TwinCat software that comes with the Explainer system. And to, to add to that, which again, it's all this is all just naturally kind of tied into this labor issue that we're facing, is there's this myth that's still out there that like in a manufacturing facility is, is a factory from the 1950s or 40s where it's this greasy and it's, it's hot. You're in a, a jump, you know, overalls and a jumpsuit and gloves and getting all greasy and dirty. You're talking about things, you know, that are levitating and, and iPads and, and high tech stuff that really would be enticing to a younger generation that's used to working with iPhones and iPad. You know, they're not bringing home books from school. Everything's on their computer. Like this is, this is another way to pivot the industry to make it more appealing while making it, you know, more efficient in getting the product out itself, filling in. And I think the other thing that you probably heard a lot as an automation guy was there was a big fear with robots that, oh, the robots are going to replace the humans. It's not replacing them. It's filling in the gaps and or making the job that they're doing easier and, and more efficient. And it's not the way it was presented where almost the robots are coming to steal your jobs. I mean, is that fair to say, Dave? It's not only fair to say that, but the robots have also created a whole new class of jobs, and which is potentially far larger than the class of jobs that they are. I mean, let's face it, they are replacing some of those menial, hard, repetitive jobs right. that would oftentimes hurt people and why people didn't want to work in the industry for that. The robots are taking those jobs But now there's all these jobs that are being created to maintain the robots, service the robots, program the robots, and all these. And that goes for pretty much every automation technology, whether it's controllers, sensors, drives, which are all components of robotics. But absolutely, it's the the industry is just like they are in the actual production operations, eagerly looking for new people to come in, the new generation workforce. It's the same thing on the automation side. They're looking for these to come to service all of these new technologies. So we're and we're taking out these. I think it's the triple D of the dirty, dangerous. What's the dark. third D? Dark. dark. <laughs> yeah, they're taking out those those triple D jobs of you know, like you said, you you describe apples, Natalie, an apple. You know, there's a person in a plant that has to get those and line them up and do that. 
Now you got a robot that's doing it alongside the person's controlling it on their their iPhone, and that's yeah. This is the kind of things that you guys are seeing on the show floor. Like this is what attendees and 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 even smaller companies where you need to come to, and you're replacing this workforce that you would have to pay. So the, when you see the price tag, it, it's not going to hit you immediately. But when you take into consideration all these things that are going to be taken out of play because of it, you know the automation just makes sense to make it all work, you know, smoother and easier for everybody. Thinking about high high tech and robotics, uh, Shona, I saw a very interesting technology by a Japanese company that is things worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, is Mujin Corporation? It, this company is says it's bringing to the United States a new wave of production ready intelligent. Uh, robotics technology, very interesting because it's, they say it's an all-purpose intelligent robot control systems in which robots no longer need to be explicitly taught how to move, but instead they know what they need to do based on a concept of machine intelligence. And they um, provide the robots more capabilities, more efficiencies to activities such as robot picking and logistics applications. Mm-hmm that they were previously very difficult to deploy. So I think that was a very interesting one. The company defines this machine intelligence system that makes the, the, the robot to, to move as a mixture of real-time motion, planning, perception, uh, simulation, and control technologies. Mm-hmm. And the, at the booth, they are presenting a robotic palletizing application with autonomous mobile robots. The showcase includes a gripper capable of handling cases, uh, slip sheets, and pallets to build multiple pallets into a single stack. I thought it was very, very interesting. This particular robot was awarded the Robotics Innovation Prize of the Logistics Grand Institute of Logistics System in the Japan Institute of Logistics System. So I, I thought it was very interesting. It is, and it, it, again, it, it helps kind of put a button like it didn't, this wasn't the direction I thought this was going to go, and we ended up really on labor. But what we're basically saying is the solutions to fix this labor issue are, are here. They're all around us here at Pack Expo. And I want to thank Dave Greenfield, Natalie Craig, Melissa Griffin, and Leland Rebeo for taking some time off the show floor. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.